0: Welcome to session 40 of the Bible in a Year Commentary. If you started this series on the 1st of January, then today should be the 9th of February. Today we'll be looking at Numbers 1 to 4 and Psalm 40. Let's take an overview of Numbers. Like the three books before it, it is traditionally attributed to Moses and is part of the Torah, which also includes Deuteronomy. While the Mosaic authorship is a long-standing tradition, modern scholarship suggests that the book is likely a compilation of oral traditions, historical events and laws. These were possibly edited and compiled over centuries with some scholars suggesting that the final form may have been completed as late as the 5th century BC. Here's a summary of the structure but I would recommend checking out the written version of this commentary in the description to see the structure properly for yourself. The structure of the book involves three large sections with two periods of travelling and testing in between. So we have section one which is numbers one to ten with the people out Mount Sinai. Within that, from Numbers 1 to 4, is Israel being arranged with God in the centre. And then Numbers 5 to 10 is the developing of the purity laws to maintain the purity of the camp. In Numbers 10, the people then set out. And then from Numbers 10 to 12, we get a travelling and the people complaining. Then we get the second section with Numbers 13 to 19, where the people are at the wilderness of Paran. Within that, we've got Numbers 13 to 14, the spies explore promised land. Numbers 16 to 17, a rebellion of Korah the Levite. And then Numbers 18 to 19, reconfirmation of the role of Levites and the priests. The people then set off again, Numbers 20 to 21, travelling and more complaining, before settling again in Numbers 22 to 36, with the plains of Moab, the final section, with Numbers 22 to 25, being about the uh, prophet Balaam. And then Numbers 26 to 36, the next generation prepared to enter the land. The recurring theme of Numbers is the contrast between Israel's rebellion and God's faithfulness to them. Repeatedly, the Israelites choose to complain and do things their own way. While God does often punish them, he always creates a way for restoration. Numbers also carries on Leviticus's theme of holiness and purity, as the people require regular reminding of the life they have been called to. This book follows the journey of the Israelites from Mount Sinai to the edge of Canaan, the promised land. So let's jump in with today's reading, Numbers 1, 2, 4. As we begin the book of Numbers, let's have a recap of the story so far. We start off with God creating the world and a perfect garden for people to live in. But the people decided to do their own thing and we saw the fall in humanity till eventually God is disowning the nations and putting other spiritual beings in charge of them. He then picked out a family, out of whom he would build a new nation. This nation would be God's representatives on earth, leading the rest of humanity back to to him we watched as that family grew and relocated to egypt where it multiplied and then became slaves god then brings those people out of egypt using moses and then god then brings those people out of egypt using moses and then made a commitment to them to be their god he laid out the rules for them and gave them instructions on how to build a home a tabernacle for him to dwell in unfortunately the sin of the people continued to contaminate the land leading to moses not being able to meet with god in the tabernacle the tent of meeting brought us to Leviticus where God gave them a series of instructions all about how to maintain their relationship with him get cleaned of their contamination and then continue to live right and clean before him the language Leviticus uses is holy and pure then we get to to numbers which opens with Moses meeting with God in the tent of meeting the process laid out in Leviticus has worked God's people can now meet with him so God gives Moses some practical instruction on how to organise the camp of the people. The different tribes are counted up and organised, with each tribe being given a set place in the camp. The tribe of the Levi is then given the responsibility for the tabernacle. They are further organised into three smaller tribes, the Gershonites, the Kohathites, and the Merorites. Each were responsible for different parts of the tabernacle. The Gershonites were responsible for the tabernacle itself, the Kohathites were responsible for the tabernacle's furniture and the Merorites were responsible for the frames of the tabernacle and all the accessories like pegs and cords. They were all to take great care in the packing down and moving of the tabernacle. This was the space prepared to host God's presence, they couldn't treat it lightly. A key feature of the organisation of all the tribes was to prepare them for war, They would be travelling through hostile land where they would be attacked. This is why they counted how many able-bodied young men and why the camp is laid out defensively with the most important part of the camp, the tabernacle, in the centre. It also had a spiritual role. By being in the centre, everyone was daily reminded that the tabernacle, the presence of God, was the most important thing in their lives. It was the thing that they were to guard. As Christians, are we guarding the presence of God in our lives? Is it the most important thing to us? But there's still more. What we're to see here is a new creation motif. Just as God brought order to creation back in Genesis 1, here he is bringing order to the nation of Israel. In Genesis 1 to 2, we had the tree of life, which was the source of life. Surrounding that tree was the garden of Eden, which existed to model God's order and beauty. And then surrounding the garden was the rest of creation, ready to be shaped according to God's order and beauty here in numbers in the center of the camp we have the tabernacle god's presence and the source of life surrounding the tabernacle are the levites the ones chosen most closely to model god's order and beauty and then the surrounding the levites is the rest of the nation ready to be shaped according to god's order and beauty to further reinforce this levites are set up as new adam and eves we don't notice it in the english because we use different words but in the original hebrew God charged the Levites with the same words he charged Adam and Eve. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep It's what we read in Genesis 2.15. Then in Numbers, we have they shall guard, keep, all the furnishings of the tent of the meeting, and keep guard, keep, over the people of Israel as they minister, work, at the tabernacle. That's Numbers 3, verse 8. So God is starting again with a new creation, the nation of Israel. The question is, will they do better than the original creation? But that's numbers one to four. So let's jump to Psalm 40. This psalm is attributed to King David and we can fit it into two categories. The first half is a thanksgiving psalm while the second half is a lament psalm. And so the structure goes something like this. Verses one to three, you save me from the pit. Verses four to five, blessed are those who trust in you for your deeds are great. Verses six to eight, desire obedience over sacrifice verses 9 to 11 i will not hold back my praise as you do not hold back your love and mercy and verses 12 to 17 deliver me from evil the psalm opens with a reminder of how god has delivered in the past he drew the psalmist out of a difficult situation and gave him firm ground to stand upon the psalmist is able to say blessed are those who trust in the lord because of the good things that the lord has already done in return The best way to please the Lord is not through offerings and sacrifices, but through obedience. The psalmist's confidence in God reaches a point where they cannot contain it. They have to share it with other people and tell them about God's faithfulness and love. Having given thanks for the Lord and spoken his praise, the psalmist now turns to the issue at hand. They have built themselves up and reminded themselves of all that God has done. So now they can address their current struggles with confidence. Just as God has shown he will not withhold his mercy or his faithful love, the psalmist now asks God to intervene in this situation. It feels like the psalmist is surrounded by their enemies and their own sin. They ask the Lord to deliver them and put to shame all those who would seek them harm. But may God bless those who have supported the psalmist. The psalm then ends with a declaration of trust. While the psalmist may be poor and needy, God will always be their help and deliverer. This psalm shows us the benefits of encouraging ourselves in who God is and what he has done for us before we bring our troubles to him. This allows us to come to God in confidence.